0: Welcome in to the newest edition of the Justin Time Sports Podcast. I am your host, Justin Jackson. And next week's episode, we'll be talking about the NFL, weeks 11 and 12. We will have our NFL betting segment, Jack's Pack. We will touch on the NBA. And we will have our best for last. Now, as always, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the Justin Time Sports Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow and turn on any post notifications for the Justin Time Sports social media on all of your favorite social medias, whether that be X, facebook instagram tiktok threads i don't know, wherever you get your favorite social medias make sure you follow us turn on your post notifications so that you are aware of when Justin the sports posts now as always don't forget to sit back and get ready to learn something I am fired up with you guys today. I'm fired up for a lot of different reasons. I'm actually pretty pissed off right now, I'll be honest with you. Okay, I won't say I'm pissed off. I'm highly annoyed right now. Right? Um, Welcome into you guys that didn't annoy me. Welcome into you guys, especially out of my new Instagram followers. Um, my Instagram blew up the past couple of days. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Instagram has really popped off. Usually my biggest engagement is Facebook. I get some noise on Twitter, a little bit on X. We're using my biggest thing as Facebook, uh, but yeah, lately it's been Instagram. Uh, you guys are really interacting with the reels, uh, really interacting with my posts of highlights, stuff like that. Jalen Ramsey, I know, and Kyler Murray for sure—they're uh, big plays this weekend. Uh, popped off a lot. So welcome into you guys. A lot of you guys followed me from my reel. Uh, so welcome into you guys. Hope you are tuning into the show. Tell your friends, share, like, subscribe—all that good stuff. Uh, Tell your friends about the page as well so they can stay in the know all in one place that I haven't dealt with your sports and exam, bleacher reports, and this and that, um, and not get so much of the fake reporting and the bias. um, You guys should just jump right into my page and get the facts straight up. Uh, That's kind of what's annoying me right now on a personal note before I dive into the show. Um, Somebody I do know outside of just the reporting business uh, called me biased because of what I said about his terrible team's offense. Um, and because like, when you put on your own team You know you didn't have that level of bias And I thought that was incredibly interesting I won't say your names of course uh, But I had to get that off my chest So if I sound a little annoyed today uh, That's why uh, But you know So for his team I would make sure Actually no I'm not going to change how to do my job uh, Because you guys love me the way I am You guys respect me the way I am uh, He's in his feelings about his team That's his business um, but I, that is why I admit it annoyed me a little bit. Because people that know me outside of this business, um, I expect to not say things. So just calling me biased for telling a fact about his team's horrible offense. Um, and so that's just ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous to him. He's actually calling other people in now to try and claim my bias uh, when facts are facts. But whatever. Uh, Which is oddly what he called me on. I say the facts about my own team, my own team being the Patriots, his own team being the terrible Saints. Um, But whatever, Um, and I engage back and forth with him normally further than I normally would, uh, but I end up doing it anyway. But whatever, guy's ridiculous. He's in his feelings about his own team. Um, But anyway, we're gonna move into the show now guys, I'm going to give my personal beef, we're going to go right into the show, NFL Week 11, we're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon, so it'll come on Wednesday morning as always So something pops off, <laughs> of course, just the top sports social media will be all over it, but it won't necessarily be covered in the pod, for those of you who are new and are uh, first time tuning in, or one of your first time tuning in, it's kind of let you in behind the curtain how this show operates, well, we're going to start off NFL Week 11, as always, we start with the past NFL week, then move into the new one. Um, so we're actually not going to go right into the games like normal. We're going to get into some personal injury news. A lot went down in the past few days. Um, Shaquille Leonard, I, I mean, I woke up thinking um, when I woke up to the news that Matt Canada was fired, I'm like, oh, that's my big story. That's my eight block kicker off, whatever. It ends up being Shaquille Leonard. It's way by the Indianapolis Colts. Um, he received one of the last big, it's like him and Fred Warner, and Fred Warner, Bobby Wagner, all got paid within a couple seasons of each other. Uh, Bobby Wagner and now Shaquille Leonard are no longer on those deals. Fred Warner, of course, the best inside linebacker in football. He's still on his contract with the Niners, um, but Shaquille Leonard was waived. Um, the uh, Colts still owe him seven million dollars ish, uh, or six, little under seven million dollars for the rest of this season in guaranteed money, uh, and then his next year's salary. Of about 19 million, only about six or seven of it is guaranteed against injury. Then the two years after that, at about 19 million, are not guaranteed at all, uh, from what I could tell. Like I said, injury stipulations are in it, but next year is the important year. People always look at one year out, um, and so it's guaranteed partially uh, against injury. Shaquille Leonard, formerly known as Darius Leonard, uh, was one of the best inside linebackers in pro football. Um, and so, with that being said, his release, merely what two years after, uh, two years after signing this deal, less than 18 months away from being one of the best, con- considered one of the better middle linebackers in football. Um, now he's no longer on the team, you know. And Jim said, tweeted out a statement, ironically with the caption, "Tough business," which admittedly it is. Um, I mean, Darius Leonard. Sorry, Shaquille Leonard or Shaq Leonard simply pulled one of the better middle linebackers in football. He was huge in the community, which Mr. say I gave him credit for, um, gave him credit for that. Uh, actually, the day he was released, which was today, he was still handing out turkeys in the community. Uh, so that kind of should tell you what kind of guy Shaquille Leonard is. Uh, which what People was wondering it was a locker room thing. I think it's just Productivity, and he's no longer what he was. Uh, he had a back injury a couple years ago. He was a second-round pick in the 2018 drive for the Colts. He's only 28 years old. Uh, like I said, signed that big deal uh, less than 18 months ago for sure. Uh, but many around the world were shocked. He's a three-time All-Pro. Um, but his playing time this year has been down. He's been frustrated a lot uh, this season in terms of how he was being used. But he was still one of the better players in the league. Uh, 65 tackles this year. Um, no real major plays. But still, again, one of the better players in the league. One of the better linebackers in the league. But this is a tough business. And I think the Colts looked at, look, we got him on the books for $19 million for another three seasons. Could they have waited till the offseason? Sure. I, I agree. I mean just looking at his numbers. Uh 2022 he had the back injury, only played three games. But his rookie year he had 163 total tackles. Um 2019 he had uh, 121. 2020 he went for 132. Twenty twenty one he went for one twenty two. And I think it's when he had the, he had the contract, got his contract after twenty twenty one. Uh, gets injured in twenty twenty two, played nine games so far in twenty twenty three, he's had sixty-five tackles. Um his solo percentage is way down, just from what I can tell. Uh, he's getting in a lot of assisted tackles, and he's not making nearly the plays he was. Also, no sacks the last three seasons. He's not forced a fumble this year. Uh, he's not recovered a fumble this year. Of course, he has not scored. Um, you know, he's, he's just having issues with what uh, made him great. And so, when you got that, it's like, coupled with the fact of. Very expensive contract. Now, from the Colts, I don't see the benefit of waiving him this season. He didn't ask for his release, which my brain, heartily my brain went for like, hey, maybe he asked for this release. He realized right in on the wall. They were looking at a younger player. Players have common sense. Okay, younger players in the building, a lot cheaper than I am. My playing time is going down. Let me get out of here see if I can revive something. But no, he didn't ask for that. Uh, and, I, and I've thought, you know, he's fully guaranteed his salary this year, and only guaranteed he gets injured next year. Why not simply wait? Play him this year. You still have an outside chance at the playoffs. Play him this year. If it comes down to it, you release him as a, as a post-April 1 deadline, You're not, your office books entirely, or post-June 1st destination, your office contract entirely, and you don't have to worry about him anymore. Um, but they moved on now. Good for Shaq Leonard. He still gets a salary anyway. Not sure about the offset language. But I'm sure he'll be, um, he'll be in a new home within a couple of weeks. I don't vet minimum deal, probably not a contender. So, uh, I don't see San Fran. So you got to get Fred Warner and get out of 3-4. So there's no benefit to bringing in you know, Shaquille Leonard. The team that jumped out to me immediately was Minnesota. They're down. They're starting middle linebacker. They're actually running around Anthony Barr. Buffalo does not have Milano. Miami, I can't name one of their linebackers. Um, Houston? Uh, that would be great to bring him in to Beacon Ryans. He's a veteran player. Um, kind of use him like Fred Warner. He's a little bit less athletic than Fred Warner, but you use him there. And then um, lastly, and certainly not least, from half a second. I do mean a half a second. I consider the Chargers here. Um, Khalil Mack, Derwin James, uh, Kenneth Murray. They could protect him there. And he can still have the ability to flow and fly to the ball. So I thought about the Chargers there as well. We'll definitely see where else, uh, where he lands. I'm sure he'll land somewhere later. Matt Canada has been fired by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, people have been complaining about Matt Canada as an offensive coach since he was at Pittsburgh. as in the University of Pittsburgh. And then he left Pittsburgh and ran to LSU. He was so bad at LSU. I think after a year, he was gone from LSU, and then he somehow landed. I think as a QB coach for the Steelers, or and then he gets promoted to offensive coordinator. He was there at in the in 2021, and in 2023, he's out. Um, it was so bad that the Steelers made a move in season. I believe that is the first head coach or coordinator since Chuck Noll to be relieved of their duties during the season. Tells you how bad Matt Canada was, and. It was not just the fact that he was bad, it was the fact that he was losing the locker, or he had lost it. Mike Tomlin, by keeping him, was losing the locker room. Um, you know, you had the incident with George Pickens earlier in the year, where he wipes all the Steelers stuff off his um, he wiped all the Steelers stuff off his social medias and requested to be released. Forget traded. He requested to be released. Uh, was out the trade deadlines, so it couldn't be traded anyway, but he requested to be released. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. Mike Tomlin calls it a pump in his shoe. Um, then there was an incident prior to that. Steel is celebrating a win. Matt Cannon goes into the locker room excited. Great job, guys, whatever. The punter, Chris Boswell, the last famous Triple Bs, remember it was, uh, or it was four Bs at that point, but it was Bell, Ben, Brown, and Boswell was actually around. Boswell yells In the middle of the hallway Not even the locker room Entering the locker room And it ain't because of you At Matt Canada Then you have Najee Harris Just last week saying Something's gotta change Something's gotta change He said I come into the game I go nowhere Jalen Warren comes into the game It's a different play style He's popping off runs Left and right And he, he, he wasn't saying it hate Warren. Jalen Warren Jalen Warren's his teammate He wants Jalen Warren To succeed His issue was Why does the offense Look differently run game looked different. The schemes and the designs of the plays look different. And Jalen Warren's in the game, just opposed to when he's in the game. So that was his complaint. It's kind of like Patriots fans had last season. The Bailey Zappi offense under Matt Patricia and the Mac Jones offense under Matt Patricia schemed were two different offenses. Why? If the Bailey Zappi offense worked for Bailey Zappi and the Mac Jones offense is failing for Mac Jones, even though the Bailey Zap offense wasn't much better, it's still better. It's more downfield, you know. It was just a better offense time. T- I mean, it's just not a Patriots segment, but it was a better offense. So Najee Harris made the same complaint. Jalen Warren is getting different styles of runs than I am. He's getting different scheme runs than I am. What's that about? If these runs are working, why am I not getting those runs? I'm consistent in getting the runs that aren't working. And he's consistent in getting the runs that are working. And it's not like, you know, we're running the same kind of runs and he's doing better. We have two different sets of run plays, it looks like. Um, When Najee spoke up, Najee's not a talker. The punter yelling to the locker, room you can excuse that. George Pickens, you can excuse that. (coughs) He was a hothead from his time at Georgia, you know, and famously slams the guy into the wall between the hedges. You can excuse that. When Najee Harris speaks up, specifically and schematically, it's hard to excuse that. You're starting to lose the locker room. Because if Najee Harris is speaking up publicly, that means a lot of people have had conversations privately. Um, and so Mike Tomlin said it best. It was a hard decision, but it was necessary. Um, you, you couldn't lose the locker room. And Mike Tomlin gets his guys to go 100% through every wall he sees, regardless of what's happening around them. And I'm sure the players was like, look, man, Asking us to give, you're asking us to give 10,000% to you. you got to give it back to us. you got to give us a chance. Um, you saw the Bills' offense, though so they were playing the Jets. The Bills' offense looked a little bit revitalized under Joe Brady. Now, oh, now the Ken Dorsey offense was doing way better than the Mac Hander offense. The Matt Canada offense was outscored, was outgained in every game this season. I honestly didn't know that was possible. They had not had a 400 yard total offense game, and who knows when. i um, saying they were outgained in every single game this season, and somehow they sit 6 and 4. That's a credit to Mike Tomlin and the culture, he said. Um, what Mike Tomlin said all the time, the standard is the standard. Matt Canada was not producing at the standard, um, so they moved on. Now, I think they need to move on to Kenny Pickett as well. Um, I think that's a disaster. Um, I just think hes he wasn't that great at the University of Pittsburgh. He stayed in the same stadium. Instead of making a left to the hallway, he made it to the right now. And it's about as bad as it was. It's actually worse because he wasn't getting help in Matt um, at um, Pittsburgh Steelers. But now... I said Mike Town has moved on. Uh, he's he split the duties of OC amongst his running back coach and his quarterback coach. quarterback coach. The running back coach does the game plan and the install, the quarterback coach does the game, does the play calling. I'm assuming because the QB coach and Candy Pickett have a better relationship, that's so he wants him doing the play calling. Um, but hey, we'll see how it works out if it works out. That was Zach Wilson be much maligned quarterback. I know I've been beating him up on this show the past couple of weeks, especially considering that I I called it, um, um, that's what I'm looking for, professional malfeasance of Robert Sala and Nathaniel Hackett to continue to jog out Zach Wilson on the field. Um, he has not only been benched, he has been demoted to the third string. Normally third string quarterbacks are inactive, but they're slotted as the emergency quarterback. It's the rule that the NFL put in after the Niners, um, had Christian McCaffrey play quarterback in the playoff game. Good so thing I had two quarterbacks. They had Brock Purdy and they had um it wasn't Lance. Oh I can't think of the quarterback now. But anyway, Purdy blows out his elbow. And then the other quarterback gets hurt. They played Christian McCaffrey for a little while. That's not going anywhere. No, they try to run they run Brock Purdy back on the field, but they realize he can't throw. So they put Christian McCaffrey at quarterback. It was a disaster. So now the NFL has put in a rule that states that you can have a quarterback inactive, but he can be allowed to dress and it would be called the emergency quarterback, meaning he cannot play until both other quarterbacks are injured. Uh, and I don't even think it's injury in terms of, like, in a attempt. Like, they have to both be ruled out, and then that guy can play. And it's like, you can't have an emergency receiver. You can't have an emergency tight end, any emergency kicker, anything. It has to be an emergency quarterback. Like I said, that was specifically done because of the 49ers debacle and disaster last season. Um, So I think Zach Wilson is going to be inactive uh, and placed into that emergency quarterback position as the third string quarterback. Um, But Tim Boyle is now the starter in New York. Um, Tim Boyle is. To be kind, awful. If I'm going to be quite frank with you, he's been awful every step of his life. Um, And no point is he been good. Um, Tim Boyle in his career, uh, he's appeared in 18 games. He's 61% completion percentage, not bad. Uh, 5.1 yards attempt, that's awful. Probably as a completion. No, in That's awful. Uh, Three touchdowns, nine interceptions. Interceptions. Awful. He has a passer rating of 50.9. He has... uh, It's just just bad. His college stats are even worse. He's like one touchdown, three picks. Um, I can pull up his college stats right here. And Connecticut, he was one touchdown, 13 picks at Connecticut. Um over his career, and I don't have his Eastern Kentucky stats. He was one touchdown. He had 13 picks at UConn. Not great. Um, but that's the new starter for the New York Jets. And then Trevor Simeon is the immediate backup uh, for the Jets as well. He was on his couch two months ago, uh, like Shannon Shaw said this morning, in the carpool line with his kids. Uh, that was Trevor Simeon too, two weeks ago. And now he's the backup, and Zach Wilson promoted to a 3rd year quarterback, which I'm presuming, again, he's going to get placed in the emergency slot. Uh, meaning if Simeon and Boyle get ruled out, then they will allow Zach Wilson to come on the field and play quarterback for the Jets, which would probably be the Jets fans' worst nightmare. Um, this is not a Nathaniel Hackett bashing show. Zach Wilson doesn't help you. Although, outside of prime man Rodgers, Nathaniel Hackett has looked awful. Every, you know, we'll get to Nathaniel Hackett later. We we'll get to the Hackett later. We're gonna talk about the Broncos. We're gonna to get to the Hackett later. Uh, then some injury news: Michael Thomas has been placed on injury reserve uh, for the New Orleans Saints and uh, their future offense. Uh, they, the only offense worse than them is ours, is the Patriots' offense. Uh, and so Michael Thomas is placed on injury reserve, um, and with a knee injury, I meaning he's out for at least four games. Um, the Saints are already struggling, but they are still in the, in the hunt for the NFC South, uh, and they're going to have to do it without uh, Michael Thomas, number 13. And then, of course, the quarterback injury news. Deshaun Watson had successful surgery. Uh, and he's expected to be ready for 2024. And Joe Burrow, of course, is out for the year um, with a wrist ligament damage injury uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. They'll look to try to survive without him. We didn't start off well against the Ravens last week. But they'll look too well. That's the game happening. I'm sorry. Um they'll try to survive the rest of the season without him. Uh, but it didn't look good because after Burrow went out. But now they're gonna try and figure out life without Joe Burrow. But on to the game just last night, uh Chiefs versus Eagles. Um, a lot of things I noticed about the game, and the main the main thing was the Chiefs drops. They lead the league in drops by five, I think. They have the most drops as a team, 26, and the drops haunted them all night. Travis Kelsey had a big-time job up in the middle of the field. That usually doesn't happen. Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a characteristic deep ball drop um, on the game-winning touchdown. I just don't think the Eagles come back and score the way that game was flowing. Uh, Mahomes, his stats, a couple minutes left in the game. Uh so Valdez can sliding slide into the end zone. Chiefs go up three. Probably not having this discussion right now. Um, and then even late in the game on the fourth and 25, it goes right through the backup tight Bell It goes right through Bell's hands. Tough catch. Mahomes could have brought it down about a foot, but it still went through both hands, past the first down marker. The Chiefs now, again, have an opportunity to negate this conversation we're having right now. But that yeah, did not happen. Um, none of those things happened. Kelsey did drop it. Kelsey did fumble in the red zone. Mahomes did throw a red zone interception. Mel no, Marquez Valdez Scantling did drop the ball per usual. Um and Bell, I think it's his name. Bell um did have the ball go right through his hands towards the end of the game. Um they had five drops last night. I can remember three very vividly. There were TV spots but I'm sure there was a couple others. Um I think they miss. And I know he can't do anything about the drops. They miss Air And I think Airbnb misses them. And everybody misses Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek Hill is making the Miami Dolphins offense when it's on unguardable. That time he scored against the Raiders, he catches the ball in the middle of four ravers. Raiders splits the difference and just runs. He runs past all of them. He never jukes one of them. He doesn't stiff arm anybody. He catches it, puts his left foot in the ground, launches towards his right foot, and like a sign of the hedgehog, runs through the entire gap. Insane. But the commander started off as one of the hottest pass offenses in the league. I still believe, actually, Sam Howell's numbers are slightly better than Patrick Mahomes' right now that's a credit to Air enemy I don't believe in Sam Howell but I say didn't. Jeez. I don't believe in Sam Howell in the slightest but with every enemy there he's looked average he's putting up above average statistical numbers uh, but he's looked average so far uh this season I mean again his numbers look above average but he currently looks average. Uh, actually Sam Howell is still leading the league in yard in uh yards. I mean, he's played an extra game than some people. So if you go to yards per game, um a lot of people are tied at one, he's actually fourth in yards per game right now behind CJ Stroud, two attack of and Kirk Cousins. Rich Kirk Cousins is out. So if you count quarterbacks that are still active. Uh Sam Howell is uh third in the league right now in yards per game. Um, but I think he's falling down listen list in touchdowns on score very much there. I don't know, he's 7th in the league in touchdowns, 18, 12 in insertions. Uh, he's got a passer rating of 89, so a little bit less than great passer rating. However, um, I don't see... Oh, Patrick Mahomes has 19 touchdowns, 9 picks. Passer rating of 94, so 5-point difference in passer rating. Uh, yards per game Howell has the advantage by about 13-15 yards per game uh, completes percentage Mahomes at 67 was at 67 66.7 Mahomes at 67, 67.1 so 0.5 on the passer rating and that's between Sam Howell and Patrick Mahomes that's between me thinking think is the next GOAT in Patrick Mahomes and a guy who the nation's capital probably wants to get rid of in Sam Howell I know I didn't believe in Sam Howell. I didn't believe in North Carolina. I don't believe in his North Carolina compadre, Drake May either. Um, but Airbnb has bridged the gap between Patrick Mahomes and Sam Howell. Now, Howell has Terry McLaurin, Mahomes doesn't. Um But Mahomes has Travis Kelsey. Howell has Logan Thomas. Like that that's where it gets a little different. Um, but that's a big gap. So I think the Chiefs are missing Eric b enemy. missing b and is missing them. Everybody's missing, like missing Tyreek Hill. That's not going to help the drops per se. But I think some of the easy throws, some of just the simple throws, some of just the play designs where Kelsey would pop open wide open. It didn't matter if Kelsey was bracket before the snap. It didn't matter if you had a safety, a corner down, and a safety, half, the linebacker all watching Kelsey. Some raw combination would happen, and Kelsey would pop open in the middle of the field just standing there by himself. Like And so these easy throws, these easy completions, these little pitching catches where Kelsey gets, you know, that last drive used to be the Travis Kelsey show. Phew. that dead scammer. Man, get out of here. That was about to be Travis Kelsey's four catches on five targets for 55 yards, and then Pacheco running and he wins zone with 10 seconds left. Like, that was how that drive was set up. Like Mahomes get a scramble, get a rough on the passer call, get a pass interference. Kelsey catches four balls. Pacheco runs twice, and you dump it to like Sky Moore for the for the for the touchdown. And that was the game it was like ten seconds left. But instead, you had a hold, you had a grounding. Get it? You got your rough on the passer, but you didn't get your pass interference. Kelsey never got free. Um, you didn't have that random twenty yard catch from somebody like you've never heard of. It just was those easy drives, those easy completions, those easy shot plays were not there last night. Credit to the Eagles secondary, which is mind-boggling to say, considering it's one of the worst secondaries I've seen in quite a long time. Um, From the Eagles themselves, they really haven't fixed it. I mean, they got Kevin Byard in there. He made the interception on Mahomes in the red zone. Kudos to him. Um... You know, run Edmonds, maybe he doesn't make that play. Who buy or replace. But uh, kudos to him for making the interception. But, again, drops. If Valdez scaling catches that touchdown, we're having a different conversation. If Travis Kelsey holds on to the football and didn't get punched on, and the ball comes out, we're having a different conversation right now. Uh I think the drops uh, are killing the Chiefs right now. You can't leave the league in drops, especially by that big of a gap and it's a big of offense. They have the worst... Second half offensive the league. They averaged about four points a game in the second half this season. They even shut out the last three second halves. Well, considering the offense, considering that to me after halftime, has all been about the coaching. The first 15 plays, and then after halftime. Because the first 15 plays, you're scripted. Especially 10 to 15 plays, you're scripted. This play goes into that play, goes into this play, goes into that play. You'll practice the script all week. This goes to that, goes this, goes into that. Goes into this, goes into that. If you see this, check into this. Basically, the NFL, those 15 plays, really 45 plays or 30 plays because everything has to check, you know. So it could be whatever the first, whatever the pass is, check this. So if you're going to get a, a light box, what's was supposed to be a pass. Cool, we're going to check into this run. And regardless, it's still feeding to the next look you're giving. So everything's scripted out. And then after halftime, you got 15 minutes to adjust. It's really not 15 minutes. It takes about two minutes to get in there especially if they pull you in for coaching coach interview, three minutes and you want a warm-up period of about five minutes so you really got eight minutes eight to ten minutes depending on how fast you get things done to get ready for this next half that's quick adjustments, that's what we're seeing on the last computer So I couldn't do it on the sideline is why I could do this adjustment, you are going to change this personnel group, etc. That happens in about ten minutes, that's a coordinator and coach thing, it's not a player thing so the fact that the Chiefs are the worst second-half offense in the league, that's crazy about the, the coordinators, something wrong, and that there's something wrong schematically and coaching-wise because everybody in the league has come back out having figured it out. Everybody. It's not like it's just, oh, they had a bad stretch. Four points four points a game in the second half all season. No points at all in the past three games. Dolphins. I think it's Dolphins, Raiders. Dolphins, Raiders, and Eagles? I know Dolphins and Eagles for sure um, have not allowed a point in the second half to them. It's, like it's in the last three contests. Um, I'm sorry, Broncos. Duh, it is Dolphins, Broncos, Broncos, Dolphins Chiefs. Is the last their last three opponents. Like they're not allowing a point to them in the second half and so that has to be massively concerning again that's a coordinator and coach problem because the other side is adjusting and you're not the other side is figuring it out and you can't crack their code uh, so that's, it. to me that would be scary if I'm a Chiefs fan um, cu- cu- couple of quick hitters uh, Jalen Hurts looks a little off with that left knee uh, they show his brace a lot on TV especially last night they kept zooming on his brace kept zooming on his brace it became nausea and got tired of seeing just his left knee brace but the, uh, he looks a little off with that brace, although the touch push is still incredibly successful. He has something like 53 or 58 um, in the Jalen Hurts era with the touch push. It's insane. Um, the Broncos, speaking of those Broncos, have won four straight, including beating Josh Dobbs and the Cinderella Vikings, uh, who were winning the five straight. Uh, the Broncos have won four straight now to get back to 500. They started off winning three, started off winning four. Now they're back to 500. If you spend out a little bit, they've won five of their last six. Uh, great six-week stretch for the Broncos. A lot of shade. I commended it, but a lot of shade. Okay, the media side of me the coast side. Uh, it, but a lot of shade was thrown To Sean Payton About what he said about Nathaniel lacking, What he said in terms of the organization What he said in terms of how things were done last year And people were making Sean Payton Pay in the media Oh they were excoriating him and the team started out with 1-3 Even when they were 1-4 Russell Wilson's washed Sean Payton's a mess Saints fans were slandering him It was bad Like anybody who wasn't like a Broncos like, you Nobody know, wasn't Sean Payton's family. It was like slandering him. Shannon Sharp was killing him on TV. Stephen A. Smith, like I said, Saints fans were at his neck. Of course, Jets fans were coming. Whoever could get their shots off on Russell Wilson or the Broncos were to take on Now it's crickets. They've won four straight. The offense was good. Russell Wilson's made two great throws, specifically to Cortland Sutton in the past couple of weeks, uh, to win football games. You have... The defense is rolling, um, and so they look like a team that can make sneak into the playoffs. I mean, to go from whatever the hell that was, where Nathaniel Hackett relieves himself of offensive coordinator duties by week two or week three, takes them back at some point, relieves himself of game management duties. It was weird. He inspired himself like 13 or 14. You've got Sean Payton now, who has his team believing in himself in the Mile High City. You've got people believing in them in the Mount High City. Um, and so that's huge for the, the Broncos. I think they have an ability to try and make the playoffs and make a little noise. Well, the Lions, you know, like they're just magical. They came back against the Bears. I don't know how. They seem like they are just a magical team. of Destiny. Dan Campbell. It's like a guy do him, Mike Tomlin. Andy Reid gives his vibe off. Belichick uh, used to give it off, not as strong anymore. Mike Vrabel are guys that give off the vibe of I will run through a freaking wall for you and they're going to be the one to bust the wall down like it is insane how he gets those guys going they believe in themselves it doesn't matter how far down they go we laugh at the bite triangle and bite off a kneecap and bite off another kneecap we laugh at all that but then after that hard knocks a lot of people bought in to Dan Campbell um, and now the results are the results they're 7-3 and three. Um, they're a damn good football team They're one of those teams that you're not going to want to see the else. Jared Goff can hit you for 30, 35 points in the game. Aiden Hutchinson's now starting to bend the edge. Um, They need a linebacker. I said said Shaq Leonard, if if he's healthy and can play, Shaq Leonard would be a good spot uh, right there. And then, of course, um, you have that, that secondary starting to make plays as well. So the Lions are a very interesting team. But up next, sorry for the long winded A block To you guys. I was fired up today. Uh, up next, we're gonna shift to NFL week 12 and give you a preview of what's going down. Coming up, again, sorry for the long, windy day block. I wasn't passionate about the stuff. I was, you know, about nonsense. Plus, it was a very important week, very impactful week. I'm fresh. I'm energized. Um, benefit of being a high school coach. <laughs> off this week. so I have a lot of energy running around. Uh, my team, unfortunately, if still playing. We will be this time next year, so be ready to get those updates. We'll be playing this time next year. Don't worry. Um, but a lot of energy at the moment. Um, but... On to NFL Week 12. We have a loaded Thanksgiving Day schedule. Actually, out of 16, we're going to talk about three of them are from Thanksgiving. Uh, Packers at Lions this is a very interesting game. Now, we won't pick it. It's in Jack's pack, um, which actually let me uh, check off the games I can't talk about. Um, so personally, it's just I know I'll do it. I've done it before. We're gonna, we won't we won't pick the game. Because it is in Jack's Pack, Packers, and Lions. However, it is a game with a lot of implications. For instance, Jordan Love looked like a damn good quarterback last week. Also, Jordan Love was playing the Chargers. Seriously, I don't get it for the Chargers. Like, why is Brandon Saley still employed? I actually found out. I should have known this already. His first head coach position in his life with the Chargers. Um, He was, like, the Division Three coordinator he was a defensive coordinator, obviously, for a year with the Rams. Um, of course, Prime Aaron, Prime Aaron Donald, and Prime Jalen Ramsey make anybody look good. Um, but he was like a position coach. He was a coordinator. He was a coordinator, and then his first head coach job is with the Chargers. As a very young man, it's not like he's a fifty-something-year-old man. It's like, oh, his first head coach job, bam. I don't think Brandon State is forty yet. Like Brandon's in his mid-thirties. His first head coach job was the Chargers. Interesting. Very Charger-like move. But regardless, um, Love looked good against the Chargers. So now people are trying to swing back onto the Jordan Love train. For the Detroit Lions, if you play in a franchise that wasn't actively trying to get a top pick, you probably lose last week. Um, now, do I think the Bears looked up and said, I don't think Justin Fields looked up and said, oh, wait, we're going to lose our top five pick. Let me tank, let me tank, let me tank Because they said oh, the Panthers pick Which is probably going to be number one um, I, mean, I think Justin Field Purposely let Hutch strip sack him for the game No, I don't think it will happen at all Do I think that sometimes In those situations People look up and go Is it better if we lose this game? Absolutely And I kind of think Chicago looked up and said It's probably best if we lose this game We've shown we want to show That we can be confident It's probably best if we lose this game um, and, but, in all seriousness, Detroit came back as a team that's not very good, the Chicago Bears. Um, and so, with that being said, the Packers are not all that great, but they do have a good culture, for one. They have the culture, for one. For two, Jordan Love is trying to keep his starting job, because if the Packers get in the right mix, they've got some guys that, after Caleb Williams, who knows how this draft's going to go. Bo Nix is going to be out there Jay Daniels is going to be out there Drake May is going to be out there Michael Penny Jr. is going to be out there Uh, We don't know what other guys are going to fly up All of a sudden, you know, it happens every year Oh, Jordan Travis, Lord hail him He's going to be out there I'm sure he's going to be a day two pick now with the injury Talking about day two pick anyway Maybe he ends up early day three now due to his injury Um you know, I'm trying to think of some other guys right now, but those are the main guys I can think of off the top of my head. Like, you know, like I said, you know, guys fly up every year in the pre-draft process. So Jordan Love's trying to keep from being a one-and-done starter in Green Bay. Um, it'll be a very interesting game, Pack of the Lions. That's how we kick off uh, Thanksgiving. Jack Harlow going to be there during halftime. It's going to be a very interesting game. Followed <laughs> by Commanders at Cowboys, also on Thanksgiving Day. Other than as a West Coast game, but Commanders at Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day, another interesting game. I just spoke about Eric Okay, Eric enemy probably well, he took the Commanders job, but I'm not, and I'm not going to venture into to say I have any inside information about this. I'm not going to say I have any people, anybody telling me this or any sourcing about it in the slightest. I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna say that. I'm not, and I'm gonna preface everything I say right now by starting off with I have none of that. None of it. I don't have any information. I have spoken to Eric, obviously. I don't know anybody that close to him. I'm saying this from what, if I was in his position, what I would have done. Everybody knew Ron Rivera was on the hot seat. Okay? Dan Snyder was the owner, but everybody knew Dan Snyder was selling. Or it was smoke was starting to come around if I could But nobody really believed him. Okay? If Ron Rivera is on the hot seat, the issue has been the offense so bad it's not helping the defense. That's been the story. I see Pittsburgh this year. see New Orleans this year. see New England this year. Um, New York. Both New Yorks. The offense is so bad that the defense basically at a certain point just taps out. That kind of was the narrative. enemy okay. takes the offensive coordinator job from, from to the offense coordinator from of Washington. He was in New Kansas City for years. He won two Super Bowls. He was not given any credit for it. They said the offense was Andy Reid. Now, granted, multiple people have been under Andy Reid as the OC, even though Andy Reid's the play caller. They've gotten head coach jobs. Multiple. Uh, the guy was in Chicago for a while. Uh, he was there. It's like two or three guys. Quickly, I can't think of the names right now. They've gotten jobs in the past eight or nine years being the offensive coordinator for of Andy Reid, even though he does not call, even though they did not call the plays, Andy Reid called the plays, they got head coach jobs. Now, none of them were very successful, but it's very odd that they started off with the enemy. The enemy doesn't necessarily look like the other three. However, they say the enemy was the offense, it was Andy Reid, and Andy Reid, Andy Reid. So, he leaves and goes to Washington, to do a thorough C job. Now, the offense was rolling early in the season and the defense is bad. So everybody enemy's head has to be thinking this is working out kinda perfectly. My offense looks great, and yet we're still losing. Now there's smoke around Ron Rivera and people are kind of saying promote Eric enemy to head coach. I get a head coach job, I get on with a lot of money, I get a fan base looking for a change, and I get my own team. Perfectly. In the offense knows that. Points-wise, they still produce a bunch of yards. They're just turn over here. They're just not scoring the ball. Now the smoke is going around the whole staff getting canned. New ownership, for instance. Josh Harris is now the owner who owns the Sixers. He owns now the Washington Commanders. And Magic Johnson's involved. Magic Johnson wins. Period. Magic Johnson wins. In life... But in sports, he won five as the player of the Lakers. He has probably another six or seven as an owner. He's got a Dodgers one. He's got a Sparks one. He has, he's involved in a few other teams that have won titles. Um, Magic Johnson wins, Period. period, wins in business, in life, in sports. Magic Johnson wins. It's as simple as that. He's on Twitter saying his commanders need to make a change. So now, Airbnb's golden plan of if this is going to work in Washington may not work nearly as well. He has a chance, and I'm looking back around to the game, he has a chance against the Cowboys on national TV to prove his case. Sam Howell leads the league in passing yards. He's top seven, or we spoke about earlier, top seven or so in yards per game, but He's a prolific passer yardage-wise. Touchdown ancestry is about two to one. They go out there and put 30 points on the Cowboys and lose the game 40 to 30 because they can't manage, can't stop a nosebleed. Can you blame Air B Nope. This is be a great showcase for Eric B to go out there to showcase what he can do with an offense. Because even if Ryan Very gets canon B enemies out the door, killing Moore went from the Cowboys to the Chargers. Why can't the enemy go from the commanders To the giants Or the commanders to the jets If they decide to move on from the thing I like, like you know Or he, his plan works anyway And he promotes up to the head man in Washington Who knows Now if you're the Cowboys You have a chance here to crush somebody in your division You're not getting a lot of love From national media You're not going to get any love from me because the two teams you play with winning records, you've lost. Both of them. The other games, you've dominated. You beat who you're supposed to beat. You've lost who you could have beat. You did get all love from me for beating up on the commanders. Congratulations. But this is your opportunity to do so again on national television. You beat the Panthers off Broadway. You know, you get a chance this week to showcase what you couldn't do on a national television. You beat the Giants off Broadway. No one cared. You get a chance to beat the Commanders. National TV, the whole country's watching that game. Show up and show us opportunity in front of the Cowboys. It's also a great chance for Eric bnm to audition for a job. Niners at Seahawks. This is a game I can pick right now. I'm going to shock the world here. I'm going to go Seahawks. I'm going to go Seahawks very, very closely. Kyle Shanahan dominates Sean Okay, he owns, for the most part, anybody that worked with him on that on that famed staff in Washington that somehow Jake Rudin end being in charge of, he owns them. He used to own Cliff Kingsbury. That is his issues to P. Carroll. P Carroll has bothered him. It's at Seattle. It's loud. It's boisterous. Seattle's good. They're rolling now. Geno Smith has an arm-elbow situation. That could be a problem, especially against that defense. But Seattle's defense is pretty solid against the run. They also can get out of the pass. We've seen Brock Purdy can be knocked off his spot. This is a game, again, this is an attention game. It's one of those games where the whole country is going to be watching. Because, for the most part, oh, people want to find out if Purdy's real or not. It's a Thursday night game. It's literal Thanksgiving Day. It's the nightcap. It's the nightcap I was talking about. It's the nightcap I was talking about. It was a West Coast game. If this is the nightcap I was talking about, the whole country going be watching. They would have eaten, eaten a turkey. They would have eaten all their uh, food and stuff. They would be eating a turkey. They watch the Cowboys play. And now they get a chance to watch the night and in Brock Purdy. Never been too afraid of the lights. I just think that in this situation, the Seahawks are set up to win this game with Teensy more, Just a little bit. Now, the Niners have all their all-pros back, and Brock Purdy magically looks like he's an NFL quarterback. again. He looked awful without two of the, like, seven. But now he gets two of the all-pros back. Unfortunately, uh, Hufunga is out with the torn ACL. That's an all-pro safety he had. Um, so his defense, I take a little hit on the back end Maybe have to do a little bit more in this game But again, Geno has the hurt elbow So we're going to see how this game goes I got the Seahawks winning the game incredibly closely though um, Jacksonville uh, Goes at the Texans I'm going to pick this one as well I've got the Jags here, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's a Texans victory It's on the road It's in division, CJ Stroud He league can pass two yards per game CJ Stroud has a legitimate chance at MVP as a rookie, <coughs> I think if the Texans—excuse me—I think if the Texans end up ten and 7, 11 and six, he's still and if he leads the league in yards per game through seventeen games, he leads the league in yards. He's not even missed a start yet. He leads the league in yards. His T—his TDI his T, ratio stays above two to one. He's high in rating, and they're eleven and six. CJ Stroud could be the first rookie to ever win MVP. And I propose to you, who else would win it? Just Jalen Hurts is in and now. His TD ratio is 14 touchdowns to nine interceptions throwing. You have A.J. Brown, and he had eight yards last night. Patrick Mahomes is in and he has one of the worst years of his career so far. Justin Herbert's team is not above 500. Lamar went three weeks without scoring, it felt like. Um, Dak, like, C.J. Stroud, it's sitting there. It's... It takes unusual years for unusualness to happen. We talked about the Heisman race last, year, last week. It took unusual for Tebow and RG3 and Lamar to win those Heisman with three four losses. Nobody else in the country was that dominant. It wasn't like there was an 1,800 yard back on uh, 12 in Obama. Like, that's obviously the Heisman, winner, right? This is another one of those weird years in the Heisman race. It's a weird year in the NV race. There's nobody jumping out. Like if I, I ask ten people who is your MVP right now, probably unless you're a fan of like Baltimore, you might not get very many of the same answer. Because it's so many people who can you can have it. You get a lot of uh I don't knows. You'll get a couple of Mars. I'm sure there'd be a couple of you know Herberts. But CJ Stroud, not a couple of Herbers, a couple of homes, but CJ hurts will be getting something. Well, CJ Stroud is sitting there. He has a chance to lead the league in passing be north of 95 passer rating north of 2 to 1 interception ratio with a 10 and 7, 11 and 6 ball club. if that's the case he has to be the MVP because in any other year that's why he does that in a down year for everybody else that's the MVP I don't think they give it to him because he's a rookie and I think that'd be an incredibly dangerous I think in the voters mind, precedent but no one else is going to do that he's a special kid in a special situation I think he may lose his OC very quickly. Um, but he's a special kid in a special situation. He has a chance to be the MVP. Um, remember, in the NBA, the MVP wasn't a young, young player until Derek Rose did it. Which brought on the Rose rule and changed how contracts were set up. Candace Parker wins the MVP as a WNBA rookie. There's precedent in sports for young, young people to win the MVP. Usually, in the NFL, it's year three, four, or five, you start to win it. Um, He's going for it in year one, which if he does, it may alter the way the contracts are set up from now on. It may mean, have kind of escalators and stuff, he knows. But it took the Rose Rule to kind of proactively, retroactively affect their Rose's contract. Maybe they put the Strauss Rule in, in the NFL and change how his negotiations can be done. Um, who knows? But it is insane that he's very close to being an MVP candidate. Of course, you got the prince that was promised on the Jacksonville Jaguars side. Who honestly, many people thought with have what C.J. Stroud's having right now. Uh, but he came out and Then Danny Bates got a second, second rookie year with Doug Peterson. Now he feels like he's finally his second year in the league. He's heating up these past few games, and the Jaguars I think have won 16 of the last 20 uh, football games. So you've got a team, you got a team on one side the Jaguars heating up. the Quarterback Trevor is heating up. And the quarterback, the you got a rookie on the other side that's far outperforming anything anybody thought he could do. Um, I loved him coming out of the draft. I wouldn't have saw this. I didn't see this. Oh, um, man, so I've got, got the Jaguars winning by a field goal, but it would not shock me at all if the Texans pull it out. Um, Bills at Eagles. Last we'll talk about this segment. Bills at Eagles. Um, the Buffalo Bills are struggling. I'm not even going to count last week. You played the Jets. You played a combination of Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle. Congratulations, you'll beat them. And it was at home. And it was Joe Brady's first game as a coordinator. There were so many things on your side, um, if you're Buffalo Bills, that you're not going to get credit for beating the Jets. It's just not. It's just not going to get it. Not for me, at least. Uh, and so the Bills this week, now they come out and they play the Eagles. The Eagles come off a hard, far game. They're going to come off an emotional game. They're going to come off a game where they went into Kansas City, Against guess the team that beat them in the Super Bowl against the reason they probably have Travis Kelsey back this season. Not Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey back this season because if Jason wins Super Bowl, what does he have to play for? He went into that game on first battle of Hall of Famer. He went in with the R-Pros. He went in with the money. He walks out with the ring. What does Jason Kelsey have to play for? Um, but you've got a defense that's starting to wake up for the Eagles you got a quarterback who's injured, but he's still playing pretty well. Running game is doing fine. You go into that game against Kansas City and you pull it out. Not by your doing, but you pull it out. Is there any emotional drop coming home against the Bills who is not seen on Kansas City's level, who's been faltering the past month or so on Jets game notwithstanding? Faltering, faltering the past month or so. Is there an emotional drop there? Um, I think the Eagles just about better football team than the Bills. I think they pull it out again on three-point game. A little bit lower scoring, though, 24-21. As well, I think Texans and Jags may go both north of 30. Uh, Eagles and Bills, 24-21, uh, Eagles. But up next, we're going to shift to our NFL betting segment, the Jags Pack. Back into the show. And now we're going to discuss our NFL betting segment Jack's Pack. Admittedly, I've not been good with keep, keep updating you guys on our records. Uh, so last week we went two and three. Um not really close to any real beats. I can't be like, oh I was a, yeah, I was on the right side of this one, just missed it. Uh honestly I had Chargers Packers. I had that one. Um and Bears and Lions, as well, I had that one. I had no chance on Bills and Jets. Uh, so I was a close on a couple of them. I was on the right thinking, right path. It didn't work out for me. But anyway, we're going to get on the right track. We're going to get a winning week out of this week. You feel it I like the numbers this week. We're going to get it started. Let's jump right into it. Packers at Lions. Lions minus 7.5. Take the Lions here. Um, I think the Lions are going to win this game by 10. The line was eight and a half. I probably would have backed off of it and went backers, or just backed off of it entirely. But I think this game is going to be 30 to 20 Lions. Uh it's in Detroit. Detroit's selling out Ford Field for the first time this season, for the first time since they moved to Ford Field. <laughs> they are selling the building out. The city's excited about the Lions. They're excited about the, the very high likelihood they win the division and host the first round of playoffs. Um, maybe host the first couple of rounds in the playoffs. Uh, They're incredibly excited about that in Detroit. Their team is tough. It embodies the Detroit mindset. And I just think the Packers stole a win last week. They were not supposed to give versus to the Chargers. It um, took drops in that game as well. Ken Allen had a drop right in front of the end zone. Quentin Johnson had a drop off the sideline for the Chargers. Oh, we're having a very different conversation right now about the Chargers and the Packers. Um, but I think Detroit doesn't make those mistakes. I think it's come out. They had a down week last week, a down couple of weeks. Then they come out, get it corrected versus the in individual opponent who in the Aaron Rodgers era absolutely dominated them. And the Lions win 30-20, to 20, so they cover 7 Washington the football team at the Dallas Cowboys? Cowboys minus minus seven and a half. take the Cowboys. I know. I know I gave a whole speech about Eric Banner. I did. His defense is awful. 10 and a half means the Cowboys can win 40 to 28 The still puts on a show, and Dallas still covers 10-and-a-half, which I think might be the score. I think it's going to end up being something around 45-28, 45-31. Um, I think the can scheme against his defense. They've been sleepwalking the past few weeks. Um, defensively, they've just been turning people over, left and right, turning Bryce Young over, turning time and DeVito over Sam Howell would give them to you, but not nearly at the rate of those two. BNME's a better OC than the OC They got in those buildings. I, I think he's a better football coach in general than Frank Wright. I think OC for OC, Brian Day would maybe be a little bit better, but hey, Brian Day was the, the HC struggling up there in New York, especially with Tommy DeVito. Uh, and I think BNM has been able to squeeze everything he can squeeze out of Sam Howell. Uh, I think this would be a high-scoring game. I think Dallas pulls away at the end. You remember that Panthers game I think it was 17-10 to going to the fourth quarter and they pulled away at the end. So I think that um, A.B. Enemy and Sam Howell puts up more offense, Terry McLaurin and, and the crew puts up more offense, obviously, than Bryce Young and whatever the hell that is in Carolina. Uh, but they still get outgunned in this shootout. Cowboys win uh, 45-28, but they cover the 10-and-a-half. Dolphins minus 10 at the Jets. Take the Dolphins this was one of those games, I almost didn't care what the spread was. I don't think the Jets score more than 13 points. Which means, in order for the Dolphins to cover this, they have to score 24 points. I feel confident in that. Uh, and now it's in New York. It's in each weather from New Jersey. It's gonna be a little chilly. Um, but, this is the kind of game where Tyreek busts along long run. And then, they get one of those long sustained drives and they sneak in the end zone 14-30. And then the Jets do a fast turnover, and then they hit them again, 21 to 3. And then it's quiet for the, most of the game, and then Waddle hits a big long touchdown. And it's 28 to 3. Dolphins win, uh, 31 to 3. You know, and it's just one of those games where the Jets just don't have an offense. So it almost doesn't matter what the point spread is because you believe at all in the other offense, you're gonna go with that side of the point spread. And so I've got the Dolphins winning uh, 31 to 3, covering the, minor, covering the 10 points. Chiefs at Raiders. Raiders plus nine. Take the Raiders. Now, I think the Chiefs are going to win the game. But something about that Antonio Pierce Raiders team. They believe in them. They believe they're confident in their abilities. Um, They're losing games due to talent and not to want to. I think they lost games early in the season because they just didn't want to win the game. Like, there was no extra fire. You know I spoke about a few minutes ago? That there's coaches that will run through the wall with you. Josh McDaniels feel the kind of guy to sit in the office and tell you half across the world to run through the wall. And everybody feels like, I ain't running through the wall for that guy. He's not even going to attempt to look like he wants to come with us. It's kind of how it felt in in uh, Vegas. Now with Antonio Pierce, it feels like Antonio Pierce went through the wall and tell you to come through the open hole. I mean, that's the vibe. That's the aura that they give off now in Vegas. It is led by men. There now, the players have taken over the franchise per report, and ownership's all for it. Um, they're, you know, they're organizing stuff. They're doing whatever they want to do to make there's there's a pride in the organization now. And Tony Pierce speaks about how the locker room's all in one piece, and he said, "and there's a pride in being a fair, in being a Raider now, as opposed to how it was. You kind of just lazy fair is what it is. You like it, great. You don't, sucks to be you. A kind of attitude of Josh McDaniels." Uh, Protecting the Patriots There's the report that ran rampant That somebody threw a shot at the Patriots And he like scolded them Don't ever talk about the Patriots that way Like dude you know you work for the Raiders right Like um And so that is The vibe that was going out The Chiefs have issues offensively Again based on the last Season If the game's within a touchdown and halftime, even 10 points at halftime, the Chiefs aren't going to expand the lead. It's 12, 4 points a game after half. If they keep that up, they get 3 points, they get 13. Tell so the Raiders can get one touchdown and cover the spread. It's very possible. I think I think. it'll be a backdoor cover. Uh, but the Ra- Chiefs win the game all right. Raiders cover. And then Ravens at Chargers. Chargers plus 3.5. I think that the Chargers win this game all right. Um, I think the Chargers have the kind of offense to really pick at the Ravens' defense, spread you out, bomb you deep, Um, and really kind of pick at the Ravens, a lack of overall team speed in the back end. The Chargers aren't the fastest team on planet Earth, but they've got some speed, and Urban's got a cannon of an arm. So I think that spread them on offense. Also, the physicality of the Ravens want to play offense with themselves kind of into what the Chargers want to do. I've noticed lately that the Chargers aren't that good in space. I don't know if it it's usually a scheme thing, not necessarily a talent thing. But in the phone booth, they do fine. And so if the Raider, if the Ravens want to come downhill, they've been running the ball at an exceptional rate. I think this would be the kind of game the Chargers defense really makes some noise because they're going to have to come downhill. Now, I would take Khalil Mack out of the game, but he's one of the better edge rushers against the run. He always has been. Also made Khalil Mack one of the rare edge rushers in the league. He was always really good against the run. And so I think that if he continues that up, got Kenneth Murray, of course. Derwin James is a big hitter. Uh, so, having those guys come down against the run could be very interesting. Um, I wonder if Lamar Lays gets involved, but I think the Chargers win the game outright uh, 27 to 24, and they come with a plus three and a half. So, the run back through it, we've got Packers, uh, we've got Lions, minus seven and a half over Packers, Cowboys, minus seven and a half over Washington, Dolphins, minus 10 over the Jets, Raiders, plus nine over the Chiefs, Chargers, plus three and a half over the Ravens. Now, up next, we'll have a little bit of NBA talk and then our best relax. season, I don't think it's tournament night, I might be in-season tournament night, let me double check that Actually, Uh, I believe it is, I remember actually, it's Tuesday, it was like tournament night, Um, but anyway, as the NBA is kicking off, it is in-season tournament night, Um, as the NBA is kicking off in-season tournament night, I believe it's either the last night or one of the last nights of the in-season tournament, Um, as they go into their night, like I said, the games are literally tipping off right now. Uh, But, so, these numbers, these standings will be entering the tournament, obviously, entering tonight's action. But you have, in the East, you have, uh, in order, Celtics, 76ers, Bucks, Heat, Magic, Pacers. Those will be teams automatically in the playoffs right now. And then your playing tournament teams would be Knicks, Cavs, Hawks, and Nets. Out West, you have Timberwolves, Nuggets, Thunder mavericks kings lakers those are your six teams locked into the playoffs if the season ended today and you're playing tournament is Suns, pelicans rockets and the warriors uh who warriors who just ended their skid but we'll talk about them in a couple of minutes um let's start off with something lebron's ridiculous Apparently we talked about this last week and If it continues, I'm going to try try to talk about it less, add some fresh blood into the show. Um, I was going to mention Houston, but they're coming back down to earth. Like I said, they would. Um, but LeBron's ridiculous. What he's done over the past couple of games, 35 points to two games ago. 37 last game. We'll see what he does tonight. Or 37 and 35, whatever. But we'll see what he does tonight. He's shooting his best percentage from three in, like, a decade. Um he is making mid-range jump shots at a clip that he's never been a proficient mid-range jump shooter I, I'm one of the biggest LeBron proponents there is, he went 37 against the Rockets on 14 of 19 um, and then he went 35 against the Trail Blazers on, th- on 13 and 22 he went 28 against the Kings on 9 of 15 uh, before that he had a couple of off, he, he set against the Blazers Played very few minutes against the Grizzlies. He went 32 against the Suns on 17 shots. I mean, what he's doing right now, he is 26.4 points a game on 58.6% shooting, uh, including 40% from three, 39.7% from three. If you compare the field goal percentage, 58.6 is the highest his career. Uh, the only one that comes in the realm is 56.5 in the 2012 famous uh, Heat Team, 2012-2013 Heat Team, and then he's shooting 39.7% for three, which would be the highest percentage from three since that same season. So, uh, also, he's going to get on 26.4 points a game. He did it that year on 26.8 points a game, with three minutes less. So, he's playing... As well as he did in his 2012-2013 season. That was 11 years ago. His rebounds are a hair down. He still is exactly the same. His assists are a little down. But one of his his half assists is down. LeBron James is playing 37, 38-year-old LeBron James. He's playing just as good as 27, 28-year-old LeBron James. He was unquestioned the best player in basketball what he's doing right now is absurd year 21 I think the best average ever is a little over 10 maybe 13 points he's 26 he's shooting the best of his career from the field he's making the most threes percentage wise in his career since his, tw- since his late 20s in 2011 2012 he's doing it so well even his staunchest haters have got to be like Oh, okay, this is absurd. Like, what you're seeing right now is so historic, it's not even funny. Year 20 is the cliff. Remember the famous Brady cliff? It was like, it was a year 16 or year 17. Max Kellerman preached about the cliff. Oh, it's a cliff. It's a cliff. Once you hit this year, the very next year, you're bad. And Brady did hit the cliff really until his last year in the league and he walked. His year 45 year. LeBron, that year, 17, 18, really it's year 20, it's a cliff. Everybody's bad the next year, 21, 22, they're just awful. Really, it's year 17, you just fall off a map. If you're still playing, you're just just done. You're no longer the player you were. Now, modern medicine's helping. You see, LeBron's in year 21, Durant's in year 15, 16, you look at stuff, Uh, These guys are rolling, but they got to do it five more years to get to where LeBron is. He's outplaying Kevin. He's outplaying Steph. He's more efficient than both of them. He's not getting the volume of shots. Obviously, he's not playing their little minutes. But what he's doing right now is so unimaginable that it's funny. It's like we've taken it for granted. Oh, LeBron's gonna be LeBron. He like ever going on a 2K. Yeah, LeBron's going to be a 96 overall. He's going to dunk on people and make all these shots and crazy passes. And it's like, you do realize he's like the third or fourth highest rated player in the game. He's 38. LeBron James is going to finish top five in the MVP. If the MVP was decided today, he's third. Tatum stuff and then who's in front of him? You can make a Jokic argument. You can make an Anthony Edwards argument, kind of. I'll give you the Jokic argument. Jokic, it's Tatum and Steph. Steph's team is so bad, Steph's out. So it's Tatum and it's Jokic. Who else is in the MVP argument? That's definitively in him. LeBron's third. Right? And so you got a guy who's 38 years old. To me, if the MVP ended right now, he's third in the MVP race. He's shooting the best of his career. He's shooting threes second or third best ever in his career but best in the decade he's doing it all not turning the ball over at a crazy pace despite his usage he's doing it despite Anthony Davis being injured he's doing it despite Austin Reed's experience every Chris he's doing it despite all these new pieces flying around him and he's learning on the fly where everybody wants to operate and he's doing this own tune of the season in there right now they're at the 60 in the playoffs and they're playing Oklahoma City in the first round update I'm giving the Lakers that series in five 86 because of that man number 23 what he's doing right now should not be possible and yet we're witnessing it yet we're watching it yet we're gonna watch it tonight on TNT and we're gonna think it's normal we're we're gonna we're gonna wake up those of you who go to sleep we're gonna wake up to a stat line of 28 8 and 6 with one turnover on four or five missed shots all night he's gonna make three threes and we're gonna pretend like it's normal and it's not what we're witnessing right now is something that no one thought was possible in basketball. No one. And LeBron's gonna make it normal. What LeBron is doing is so great, he's making what Steph and KD look normal. Cause Steph and KD are at ages where you tend to fall off a cliff. At Steph and KD's age, Michael Jordan was smoking cigars on the golf course retired for the second time. I'm mean, yeah, Like, at Steph and KD's age, Cole LeBron was tearing his achilles. At Stephen KD's age, Shaq was 400 pounds on such a uniform. At Stephen KD's age, Dirk was two, three years removed from that final series in a shell of a shell. At Stephen KD's age, Dominique Lucas was done. Reggie Miller was done. Patrick Kane was done. Keith Malajuan was in Toronto. Um, Charles Barkley was done. Michael Jordan again was smoking cigars, hitting golf balls, getting hidden golf swings. But because LeBron is in year 21, doing it where Dirk was... If he made a... If Dirk scored 20 with breaking news on Dallas Sports Radio, if Vince Carter dunked the ball, my God, it was on loop for a week. And LeBron's one of the five best players on the planet. He's making what they're doing, which is amazing, pure normal. That's what you're witnessing right now, if you're you're watching the NBA. Update, if I was you guys, I would watch it, I'd pay attention to it, because... As much as we love LeBron, I'm one of the bigger LeBron fans, and he says he wants to play until Bronny shows up, which he's on the road to recovery. Kudos to him. Uh, Bryce is now transferring back to Sierra Canyon. All kind of nonsense happening. But Bronny is, you know, probably a year or two away from the NBA. Now, in the Beats commercial, they're talking about play with your son and then do it again. Bryce is a junior in high school, which means he's at minimum. Junior, senior, freshman. He's at minimum three years away from NBA. LeBron played 25 years at a high level. Who knows? He does. He pushes all the records so far out. No one ever catches them ever again. So, like Brady, Brady's pushed so much stuff far out. I mean, Patrick Mahomes may catch him. That's about the only person. And even then, at the rate he's on, he had to play 17, 18 years. Someone's going to have to play 24 years, 25 years to catch him, and I'll do his numbers. You're not going to do it. Right? And so, he has an opportunity to shove stuff so far out. Can he do it? I don't know. But I know we're witnessing right now is something that previously thought was impossible. That everyone thought couldn't be done. It's not possible. You can't do that. He's doing it. And he's doing it at a rate that many thought, everyone thought was impossible. 59% from the field, 40% from the three if you round slightly up. 27, 8, and 6 in year 21. He turns 39 in December. He's a top five player in the NBA. That's a, that's a testament to him and a detriment to everyone else. Because why is somebody better than him? Definitely. Why, why is he the most interesting person on his team? How is he doing this? It's God giving up, God giving talent, guy given ability, and God given physiological makeup. But it's also hard work and dedication. That million dollars a year goes to his body every single year. Maybe two million dollars a Every single year he does that is showing on the court he's better than your favorite player whoever he is Jokic Tatum Steph that's who ends the argument for MVP They're not Steph because like I said his team's awful that's your argument the GOATS the best player in the NBA or one of top three year 21 enjoy it now what you, thought was what you thought was impossible he's doing it some games it looks easy enjoy it the in-season tournament uh seems to be a hit spoke about that before as well you've got guys like lebron mentioning that 500 grand is a big motivator you've got dame saying i don't know what's going on but you can tell it's different Steph bought into it uh these games are intense man these in-season tournament games they just feel different the courts are awful the jerseys are interesting but they feel different they're not quite playoff games but these pool play games feel differently. Like I can't wait until they get to the actual tournament games. You know, when they get into actual games where it's saying elimination now. Like, pool play was great. The lose game, you out of the tournament. So then that game later in the season becomes a regular season game. It's always kind of interesting. But because um, in the WNBA or the Commissioner Cups, there's not enough games to do a pool play than a playoff. You just play so many Commissioner Cup games. Highest records. I think they have two more games, and then they go into the 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 highest four going to the finals. Then the finals. From what I can remember, Um, these games they're finishing pool play tonight and tomorrow, or tonight tomorrow, whatever. Then they're gonna go into the round robin. They're gonna go to single elimination tournament. Then the four teams left split out of their schedule and go to Vegas for a weekend. I think it's Friday and Sunday uh are the dates that uh saturday and monday one of the two but are the dates of the tournament they'll split out you'll play saturday you'll play sunday you play saturday and you'll play monday winner takes the trophy and the 500 grand um but it is a motivator you know these guys are having a ball in this tournament it's new it's exciting um i was speaking to a few people and they were saying they're gonna have to change the incentives after so many times i think the big thing right now they have going for them is that it's new um, I remember last year when they added all, all the trophies. The Eastern Conference Finals MVP, Western Conference Finals MVP, etc. Clutch player. People were going after it because they were saying it was the first one. De'Aaron Fox, the first ever Clutch player of the year. Jason uh, Tatum, the first ever Eastern Conference Finals person of the year. Um, Steph Curry, the first ever Western Conference. You know what I'm saying? It was, these things were new. People were going after them. Uh, and so... Winning that means you're in the finals anyway, but I'm saying like still have like the clutch player of the year, So to do a campaign for DPOY. You know, it's just people go after those awards. I think people are going after the in-season tournament because it's me. You know, LeBron, Jokic, Steph, Tatum, whatever. They can put that feather in their hat that I was the first ever in-season tournament champion. I was the first ever in-season tournament MVP. It's just something that you can put in your hat that no one else can take from you. There'll be other in-season tournament champions. There'll be other. Clutch player of the years, whatever, but those people have the distinction of being the first. Uh, and so I think that's what the big motivation is. It's fun. It's been enjoyable. I the courts. You know, it's an season kind of game. You see a wreck-looking court. It's bright-colored. It's you know, you know exactly what kind of game you're watching. I think it adds intrigue for the fans and the players alike. Um, Bradley Beal has a back helmet that has prevented the arrival of the Phoenix Suns' big three. A couple of games Bill did play. The, uh, not Levine, um, Booker was out. So the big three have still yet to make their home debut uh, for the Phoenix Suns fans. They played a game together, a couple of games together on the road, but they have not played together in uh, Phoenix yet. Bill's out for the next couple of weeks due to do a back injury, at least. So who knows how long it is going to be until they get on the court together. And then finally, the Golden State Warriors, we spoke about earlier, finally got a win. Finally. Uh, they had lost like six straight. Dermond uh, Green is still serving suspension for uh, putting Rudy Gobert in a rear naked choke. Uh, and so Steph Curry went on a three point barrage against the Bulls, if I correctly. And they got their first win in six games. Uh, he finally had teammates join him in the 20-point column. Uh, up until a couple games ago, no one else on the team had scored 20 besides him. Klay Thompson had looked absolutely awful. He made he scored 20 points his last game. Wiggins put up 23. Steph had some points as well, of course. 4-5-3, including a four-point play. Um, and so the Warriors look a lot better than they did. Uh, kudos to them. Uh, because right now they're sitting 10th. They're actually playing the Rockets for the right to play the winner, the, the loser of the Suns' Pelicans for the 8th seed if the season were to end right. Right. Speaking of the Pelicans, they, my Pelicans, they have, they're surviving their trading water. They had a lot of good teams in the last week. Three of the top teams in the West, they went 2 and 1 against them. They own wins against the Nuggets and the Kings. They lost a tight one to the Timberwolves. None of those games, they were fully healthy. Uh, Jose Alvarado is now back. Trey Murphy is starting to, he's jogging up the court now. Uh, Larry Nancy, Jim McCullum has gone through full practices. Zion Williamson and Brian Ingram are still maintaining their health. Pelicans can have one of those teams where you're not gonna want to play them. Do I think they're a finals team? No. Um, do I think they have the ability to make the Western Conference Finals? Yes. That's been the that's been the ceiling for the Pelicans the past two seasons. Ask Stephen A. They're a Western Conference Finals team if they're healthy. If they get into April healthy, I don't think they to have to make any moves. Maybe a backup center. Um although they have Plumley. Um so or Zeller. I'm sorry, Cody Zeller's there. But you got Jordan Valencia, you got Valanchino, Zion, Brandon, CJ McCollum, Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, Dyson Daniels, Cody Zeller, Jordan Hawkins, the best point shooter, rookie, arguably ever. I mean, he's on pace to be the greatest one ever. Um, and I'm sure I'm even out somebody. Like, that team is stacked in terms of 1 through 12. There's Larry Nance. There's 12 guys on that team that deserve minutes on NBA rotation on every team. Like, you can find a spot for Dyson Daniels on every roster in the NBA. Cody Zeller can be on every roster in the NBA. Maybe there's a couple he doesn't fix because they have a big and a good backup big. But for the most part, Cody Zeller fits on every roster in the NBA. And those are the guys at the end of the bench. Like, Jordan Hawkins fits on, oh, Matt Ryan. Jordan Hawkins fits on every roster in the NBA. So when you have this level of talent, Willie Green can have a darn of a time trying to put the minutes together. But that's a team that can make noise, through. I think they're a championship team, though. Um, because they don't have the requirements Either the unquestioned best player in the world Two of the top five or three of the top 15 They have two of the top 20 Three of the top 30 And they don't have just a ridiculous best to fill it out The only team to win with uh, numbers like that was the Pistons um, And it was a down year for the NBA The Lakers were beat up You just can't play the way the Pistons played It was the whole thing um, No one's won like that before or since the Mavericks also won like that, but if you really think about it, Dirk was the best player on the planet. He went through Kobe, LeBron, and KD and won finals. He's the best player. I think he beat the Spurs too, that's the best player on the planet, uh, at least for that time period. So, uh, that, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited for this Pelican season. The record's not showing what the talent's showing, but they're coming back healthy. They just beat the Kings by, like, 40 with CJ McCollum, Larry Nance, Trey Murphy, and Street Clothes, Jose Everardo, on a heavy minutes restriction. Like, <coughs> excuse me, that stage is dead to the Kings. Uh, so, very excited about this season if you're a Pelicans fan. But up next, I keep calling the best for labs. We're going to have Jack's hot take uh, about, again, about Jane Daniels winning the high school. Saying about Jack's high take that he's gonna win. Now the sports books have all some of most of them have put him as the favorite, and now he's not even plus money, he's minus money now. Uh because they're anticipating that he goes off against AM. Um and then he of course we have to sit the week. Now that could hurt him. He's not in the conference championship game. Um Bo Nicks and Michael Penix are gonna play each other in the conference championship game. Uh for the Pac-12. Jaden Daniels will be watching. That's the only two other competitors in the country. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. has an outside shot at it. Um, but the West Coast, I think, are trying to band together and get one of their other guys, the Heisman. It's the first time they've had a legit Heisman case in years. Uh, but Pennix and Knicks will go at it in the Pac-12 title game. Jaden Daniels will be watching the SC title game from home. So he won't have a national steal because him versus a and Maybe ESPN2 picks it up. Uh, but that's not a real national barn burner type of game Especially with Jimbo Fisher out of being fired That's not really the barn burner type of game you watch um, Especially with Oregon and rivalry week versus Oregon State When DJ Ubuyagalele Washington's playing Wazoo um, LSU AM and is not, the, again, the typical barn burner You're going to want to pay attention to this week But Jaden Dane's doing something in the country I think it's obvious he's the highest one he, he ranks number one in yards Number one in pass touchdowns. Number one in total touchdowns. Number one in yards per game. Number one in yards for pass. Number one in pass rating. He has the most rushing yards by a quarterback in the country. He is first in rush attempts. He's, he's, he's most first in the rush per attempt. He's third in the country in passing yards. He's fifth in completion percentage. In his number of big plays, 20-yard plays in college football. He has 82. The next person to him has 61. That is Caleb Williams, who's predicted the number one overall pick this draft, followed by Jackson Dart and Michael Penix tied at 59. What, what Jaden Daniels is doing is not only historic, it is football anomalies. It's stuff that if you paid for it to happen, you wouldn't believe it's happening. If you absolutely just, if you just knew without a shadow of a doubt that he's doing stuff no one's ever seen he's doing stuff uh no one's ever ever even contemplated um at the cosplay level he's doing video game numbers in real life now that's a situation that is um Something that people think that they always can do that man, um, you know, video game numbers, video game numbers, and that's thrown around so much. He's actually doing video game numbers in real life, it is absolutely insane. Uh, what he is able to get done. Um, he's doing it with a defense that is absolutely awful. He's needed crambling in Georgia State. Now, I admit they stat pad against Georgia State, but Bo Nix did it too. Rambling and Georgia State were games that they didn't need every point. Every other game this season, they felt like they've needed every single point to just survive the game. Not to mention, like, win the game, but to physically survive the game, it felt like they have needed every single point out of Jaden daniels all of his explosiveness and i think he is well more than deserving of being your heisman trophy i think he will win the heisman trophy i think he submits it with uh what were the numbers 450 yards six touchdown performance against M. um he's got a couple guys nearing sec records malik neighbors nearing a couple of sec records as the season bulls down um be very interested to see if Daniel's neighbors and Thomas play in the bowl game, because they won't be. It'll be the Chick-fil-A Bowl, probably if I had to think about it. Because um, I think Georgia's in the playoff. Bama gets the Sugar Bowl. Missouri is the next highest ranked SEC team. They draw. Uh, what rights to have Chick-fil-A? So maybe you know. Um, LSU's back in Miami, Florida. I Forgot the other game right Miami, Florida. Not the not the cheesy bowls, another one. It'd be very interesting to see if Daniels, Neighbors, and Thomas, all projected top 25 picks right now, playing the bowl game. Cross the bridge when we get there. Maybe it's a Garrett Nussmeyer show with the young guys and kind of a preview for next season. Uh, but we're definitely going to uh, keep our eye on the Texas A&M game. But well, I think Daniels, is, it is his last shot. I, I think gonna be a game where it, LSU could be up sixteen to three, and they're gonna keep throwing. It with damn, it's his last shot uh, to impress the voters. There's already some West Coast bias coming out all over the West Coast. They're dropping bombs on Daniels left and right, trying to discredit his case because again, they know this is the best Heisman chance. Ooh, since Reggie Bush I mean they've had Some other years Where they've gotten close. Christian McCaffrey I'm sorry Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey. Uh, Andrew Luck Kind of thing Like this is the best the case since then And they've got two of them They've got Nick Sanpenny <coughs> Excuse me It was because Split their vote But I just think Jayden Dane Is the best player In the country uh, Paul Feinbaum says he's the best player In the country He's got three losses None of them Have on him He went to a war With Florida State in That game He didn't play all that great He went to war With Alabama He got knocked out With a concussion they went to war with Ole Miss his defense just got off it. Um, I think man house should be fired for LSU anyway but that is all we have for the day it's the longest show we've had in a while just across the hour and a half I appreciate you guys for hanging in with me it's a lot a lot of energy today had a lot of stuff to get through you guys today um but this is your oh shout I to all my new Instagram followers uh yeah you guys have gone grown to Instagram a good bit the past couple of days um Also, remember, you guys can cross over to the different social medias. Justin Times Sports is on YouTube. I upload the audios to the YouTube channel so that way you guys can listen if you're a big YouTube person as well. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'll make sure to without mentioning that in the intro. But that is all I have for today. This is your owner and host, Justin Jackson, signing out.